Welcome to Alter Your Comics Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Laura. And I'm Jared. And we are hiding from the rain of the week. <laughs> Which we're doing a bad job because we're in the basement and it's probably going to start flooding. <laughs> I mean, there's a chance. I mean, so if you hear extra background noises, um, it's our sump pump that's yeah. constantly running. It's right there. right Yeah. Now. It's going on right now. Um, I don't know. It might be able to get edited out. We'll see. I don't know how well it'll show up on the microphones, but it is what it is. Uh, so yeah, sorry in advance if you hear that noise throughout the entire show. It's unavoidable because we're in a basement and I have not built walls around here yet. And it's a whole bunch of rain outside. We have two rivers. Mm-hmm. We live in a moat right now. Well, they don't connect. So there is a way to get to us, I think. At least I don't think they connect them all the way around. We're yeah, not completely surrounded. We, it's just a big know. U. I don't know. When I pulled up, it looked, it looked pretty <laughs> pretty wet. Yeah. So yeah, that's it is what it is. Um Hopefully next week it'll be drier and slightly quieter, but we'll see what happens. Until then, we're here right now, so let's talk about stuff. Um, this week we decided to go with some of our favorite comic book writers. Um, it may not be our top favorite of all time, but we're like, hey, these are things that we can, we have in stock or we can get in stock, and let's talk about some of our top list of writers. Who would like to go first? I'll go first. My first pick was Jeff Johns from DC fame. He's done other things, but mostly he's done his most most popular items have been from DC Comics. Um, he uh, really broke out, in my opinion, when he did Green Lantern Rebirth and kind of relaunched the Green Lantern series. Uh, that was a great series that led into uh, books like the Sinestro War, and that's where Sinestro's yellow rings kind of became a mass army instead of just Sinestro. That was a great book. If you've never read Sinestro War, that's one of DC's best action-packed books that it focuses on the Green Lantern Corps, but it's kind of encompassing of the whole DC universe since it is a war. Um, He's also done the Teen Titans run from, oh, I didn't write it down, from like 2001, 2002 area where he took the Young Justice crew and teamed them up with uh, the Titans of, like, the new Teen Titans, where Cyborg, Starfire, Beast Boy, and Raven kind of took on the newcomers to train them and kind of formed a new Teen Titans. This is uh, where Tim Drake Robin, Wonder Girl, who was Cassie, uh, Impulse, who was Bart Allen, and he became Kid Flash in this series, and... Superboy, Connor Kent, who was a clone from Lex Luthor and Superman. And this is where they actually delve into that and kind of reveal that he's a clone from Lex Luthor and Superman. Before it was just he was a clone from some random Cadmus scientist, but no, it turns out it was Lex Luthor. And that was probably my favorite Teen Titans run of all time, That his Jeff Johns. It was really good. Uh, he also did Infinite Crisis, which was my favorite DC crossover event book so far. So Jeff Johns, he's done a lot of great stuff. And most recently he did the Batman, the three jokers, which was phenomenal. Yeah. Which was great. Yeah. I knew he sounded familiar for some reason. Yeah. He's done a lot of great work over the years. Uh, one thing he also did, you mentioned Green Lantern, the Sinestro war. He also did brightest day and blackest night. Oh, and blackest night. Yeah. So Both of those are like, Top notch. Well, uh, key, like, these are Green Lantern stories that affected not just Green Lantern. Yeah, and Blackest Night was excellent, too, yeah. And he also did, when they relaunched the New 52, he did the first Justice League. No, that did he? I might be wrong on that. Never mind. I'll have to look that up. (laughs) I was thinking he did the Justice League book where it was Justice League War, but I'm thinking Jim Lee drew it, but I can't remember. I don't... Now that I say it, I don't think he wrote it. Yeah, I'm not sure. You're so, you're more the expert on that than I would be. I don't remember, and I didn't write it down. It just popped in my head and it sounded right. But then once it came out of my mouth, I'm like, nope, that that doesn't sound right anymore. It so, felt right, but it did not feel right. Right. So, yeah, Jeff Johns, uh, I recommend, if his name's on it, pick it up. All right. Uh, I will go next with one that normally i do not like his stuff but there was recent storyline that i really respected and liked uh, and that is by jerry dugan uh he's known for writing the savage avengers that's still currently going on and his biggest thing that like was his breakout was when he took over writing deadpool um he took over writing deadpool along with brian posey and they both would like alternate back and forth and work on it together and that really got his popularity 
but the one that I really enjoy that I didn't expect to enjoy because A, it's kind of a weird team, and B, I don't like Jerry Dugan, <laughs> typically, but that is Marauders, and that is the current Marauders that is in the Dawn of X era, I guess. I don't know, it's a weird timeline that they're doing, or time frame, but it's has Kate Pride, uh, who's normally Kitty Pride, but she's decided, you know what, I'm tired of being, like, Kitty is like a, a kid's name, I'm an adult, I don't go by Catherine, I'm going by Kate now. And she, it's her, Iceman, Storm, Bishop, Emma Frost, and Pyro. And they decide, well, we're going to be, basically they become pirates for the X-Men. They have the Marauders team name, that they have their own boat that they go around and they save mutants that are in a dangerous area that can't actually go through the Krakoan gates to get to Krakoa. It's like, all right, well, we'll just be pirates on the ship and we'll go around and save people and do our thing. And it's been very good. It surprised me how much I enjoyed it because I was like, oh, of the new X-Men books, I was like, oh, it looks all right, but we'll see. And I was like, holy crap, this is my favorite one that's going on right now this is the Marauders book. So yeah, uh, Jerry Dugan, and specifically for Marauders is my first famous writer that I like. I think it's my turn now. Uh, I'm going to interrupt real quick. Uh, sure. I just looked up my Justice League War. I was right the first time. Jeff Johns did write Hey, it. there you go. Yay. So Okay. <laughs> Redemption. <laughs> All right. Laura. I chose for my first writer pick Peter David, who in my mind, he was most famous for Spider-Man 2099, but it turns out he was on... I think Spider-Man itself. Well, yeah, Spider-Man itself, but he did Incredible Hulk for 12 years. Like, he has done a lot of other things. Star Trek, Wolverine, The Phantom. And so I was mistaken in thinking, oh, he just did 2099. That's what he's famous for. He's famous for a lot of stuff. Um, he also, I was really interested. He did a sci-fi western spoof called Oblivion. And so I want to look that up. We need to find it on something or other. And so I kind of did a bio instead of looking too much into other things. Because there, there were just so many interesting things about him. His mom worked with the guys who discovered DNA, Watson and Crick. I was like, that is a weird intersection of science and life. And I, I related with him a little bit because he was embarrassed of enjoying comics when he was a little kid. He thought that they were... His parents didn't approve of that Marvel Comics had all these monsters like the Thing and the Hulk, and they didn't like Spider-Man because he was bug-eyed, and they're like, no, you, you shouldn't be dealing with this stuff. This is not for you. So he would like hide and read his comics, and when I was a little kid, I was like, Spider-Man's for boys. I better not let anyone know that I'm watching Spider-Man, and so I'd watch it alone in my room. And going on, his dad was also a journalist, so that's part of how he got into writing to begin with. He idolized his dad a little bit and was like, oh. Well, he should approve of this because he's doing it too. And I guess they reviewed a lot of movies together. Like that was their thing. They'd go watch a movie and his dad would write the review. But a couple snippets of his kid's stuff would get in there too. I thought that was, you know, a kind of a, a fine line if that's okay or not. But I, he seemed to be okay with it because he wrote about it now. Yep. So yeah, P Peter David, the book that I picked out that's still in print is Spider-Man 2099 versus Venom 2099. And I'm actually not 100%, not going to lie, I didn't get a chance to read this. I've been trying to read my 2099s in order, and I fell off. And so I haven't gotten to this one. I'm not 100% if it's the reboot of 2099, because the copyright date does say 2019. So I think it might... that's just a reprinting. Okay, I, I thought it was, but I was having trouble finding it in time, and with all the other stuff I was looking for, I forgot to come back to it. But in this book, it only says copyright 2019. But I do get the impression that it's the older 2099 storyline. But the, the new ones 92 are... 92 or something like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, 92 is when the first inklings of 2099 started. And then he kind of got rebooted again more recently in like 2019 or so. Yeah, it was around the time this came out because everyone's like, oh, I love 2099, tell me more. And we're like, oh, well, we had this whole backlot of... 2099 to refresh you on and that's how i got my trades that kind of completed my collection i'm still missing a little bit but we'll get there slowly but surely we'll make the 2099 collection complete all right jared who's next for you okay um <clears throat> my next one was going to be brian michael bendis for the ultimate spider-man 
And I'll just mention him by that because that's a really good book. And if you've never read Ultimate Spider-Man, that's a really good Spider-Man book. But my next pick is actually going to be Tom Taylor. He did uh, Injustice. Uh, more more recently, he's done Deceased, Seven Secrets, and he is on now the new Nightwing book. So the most recent that I want to point out was Deceased. He pretty much did everything with Deceased. He did do it, yes. Yeah. He did Deceased, the first one, Deceased Unkillables, which take, took place during the same time frame. And then the most recent one is Dead Planet, which takes yes. place after that, all that. Yep. And that was just a fantastic book. Yeah. Everything about those deceased books was great. It was kind of like if you've ever read Marvel Zombies, it's kind of like that where the superheroes become zombies and they still have their zomb- their powers as zombies and everything like that. But it has a more of a concise story than the yes. Marvel Zombies. But that's also because they designed, like, okay, this is only a six-issue series. That's it. Okay, well, we'll do the side-off and then now we'll do the sequel. But it's not like designed to be an ongoing series like Marvel right. Zombies was. Right. And this definitely had a beginning an end and the side stories with uh, like Deathstroke and the Red Hood and with the Unkillables yeah just with the Unkillables was, was phenomenal just great and the cover of the trade is really cool looking too yeah and these books are ones to get and if you like these definitely check out his work on Injustice Gods Among Us oh yeah I mean he only did the first three years on that one I believe but still like that was honestly that was the best writing of Injustice was those beginning ones so yeah Yep, it sure was. So yeah, so. he's definitely good at alternate universe, yep. not necessarily main, tie- main tie-ins with everything. Yep, and how would you give a brief description of Seven Secrets? Uh, Seven Secrets is a like almost like a spy story where there are, I don't know, it's like a mixture of spies and like... I want to say cult, but not quite. Like they kind of bit. honor the secrets. Yeah. It's a yeah. society, a secret society. It's, yeah, definitely a secret society. Kind of remi- there are two know. factions. It kind of reminds me of Iron Fist from the standpoint of like uh, it's they have martial arts and they're like yeah. over the top of that. Yeah, but there's definitely these seven secrets that we don't know that, that could change with the world or right. It would change the world forever if they got out. We right. don't know what they are. Yeah, but and they're hidden inside briefcases. Yep, and this the good guys are the ones that are protecting the secrets. The bad guys are the ones that are trying to get to the secrets. Right. So it's a great story. But that's one of his indie books. Is that by Image? I don't know. It, that sounds, it definitely feels like an, either Image or Boom, yeah. I would say. But the Seven Secrets is one of the indie books. If you want something that's not superhero related, that's one to pick up. Those It was really good. But uh, yeah, um, he's I just, uh, which you'll find out later, uh, he just started on the Nightwing series. So I'm really looking forward to what he's doing with that. Uh, quick Google search looks like it is Boom Studios. Boom Studios. Okay. Secrets. Uh, so with that, I'll go on to my pick for number two. Uh, my number two, in no particular order, I should say, for my list. <laughs> yeah, mine's not really in any particular uh, order, too. Is Matt Fraction. Um, he has done several things. Um, he, if you remember a few weeks, I mean, several weeks back now, we talked about Adventure Man, or Adventure Man number one. I think it was number one that was like our pick of the week, one of the weeks. He wrote that series, or is writing that series. He wrote the series Sex Criminals, which is now done, um, which is a fun comedy um, heist, sort of secret society, sort of weird <laughs> superpower thing. Um, it's a weird comedy. You should check it out. But my favorite one for him was Hawkeye. His run on Hawkeye, it was only there's only three volumes of it if you get collected in small trades. They did do one big on bus, which we have upstairs somewhere, I believe. Okay. That has his whole run. It is a Clint Barton story through and through. It is not a Hawkeye story. Or, I mean, he's there, but it's mostly about Clint Barton himself, where he buys a boarding house and runs it and saves people there. He adopts a dog called Lucky. He takes down like uh, Russian mobsters that are or that are bothering his tenants and everything. And the biggest thing is, it is the inspiration to the upcoming Hawkeye TV series. On Disney Plus, that will have Clint Barton and Kate Bishop together, running around doing their thing, and yeah, it's the. I'll be honest, the art originally I was not a huge fan of. It just it was very weird and liney, like it didn't seem very smooth. I should say it was a little rough, but while reading it, it's like no, this actually fits the story really well. So the art definitely grew on me with that one. 
Um, so if you flip through and don't like the art, just try it anyway. The story more than makes up for it. So yeah, uh, Matt Fraction is my second favorite on my list of writers. But in no particular order. But in no particular order. <laughs> Um, I went on the next person I stumbled across. Like I, the way I interpreted this challenge was to find a like trade that you enjoyed and then remember who the author was. Because I'm terrible. I don't read the the pages at the beginning unless something sparks my mind to be like. Usually, honestly, it's when I don't like something. I'm like, who the crap did this to me? And so when I like it, I'm like, oh, this person's doing good, and I don't think to go back. See, for me, but, it's similar where it's like. If it stands out, like, okay, why is this so good? Then I'll get it. Oh, well, that looks familiar of something else I've seen. Then I look up, like, oh, that's why. And that's how the list had worked for me. Like, oh, eventually it catches my attention. Yep. But, um, so I'll pr- I might pronounce this wrong. I apologize. David Michelini, I think, is the one who he did Venom Lethal Protector. And let's see, he's also known for Amazing Spider Man. He did a decent number of runs on that that I didn't realize. He did a lot in Iron Man and some Superman as well. Um, he co-created Venom and Carnage and Ant-Man and Iron Mach- or sorry, War Machine, which I thought was interesting. And supposedly he was one of the first people... Sorry, I probably shouldn't say supposedly. According to Wikipedia, um, he was one of the first people to introduce Iron Man's alcoholism, which I thought was a big step, a big iconic thing that is a controversy for Iron Man. And I wasn't sure if I believed this one. It said that um, David Michelini introduced Doctor Doom as a villain for Iron Man. And I was like, that seems like it's been a long time ago, unless Doctor Doom was a Fantastic Four yeah. villain first. Yeah, he's mostly a Fantastic Four villain. So maybe as introducing with Iron Man, sure. Okay. And another cute thing, especially referring to this lethal protector part, um, when they first introduced Venom, David had planned to kind of tease him all throughout Web of Spider-Man from, like, issue 18 onward. And I guess they actually say that Spider-Man was pushed in front of a train by, like, an unknown assailant. And they were going to reveal slowly that it was Venom had done that because he doesn't trigger Spider-Man's spider sense and all these things. And there are going to be all these clues. But then he stopped writing for Web of, so none of his clues got planted in. So they just... I wonder if that's part of why some people are like... Who is Venom? And he just showed up and like, no one likes his origin. Well, not many people, I don't think, liked his origin story in the comics from what I've read and interpreted so far. But there was a plan. Yeah, there was a plan that got pushed aside. Just like Um, Peter Parker got pushed onto the tracks. Yep. Um, Another step, uh, the Wikipedia said that David Michelini wrote the second longest run of Spider-Man after Stan Lee. So I was like, well, he's obviously written a lot of things I like then, apparently. And, yep, so the the main thing that made me come to this was finding Venom Lethal Protector on our shelf. Because <laughs> I was, like, scanning the bookshelf, trying to find, okay, what inspires me to look up something? And I always got a kick out of Lethal Protector because it is the introduction of Venom as an anti-hero instead of a villain where he finally kind of realizes he turns over a new leaf and he says my life can't just be about making Spider-Man miserable even though I hate him and like he still when he has the chance he snaps at Spider-Man but he's like I can do good things for people these people have nothing to do with Spider-Man being a jerk to him so I think I forget for sure if this is when he moves to California no at some point he's in California and that's a big focus on Getting all that, as much distance within the United States from Spider-Man as possible. Within the continental. <laughs> yep. Like, oh, well, he could move to Alaska and Hawaii, but that's uh, kind of not a whole lot of cityscape for him for that. Yeah. Yeah, he ends up in California, I believe, in this storyline and starts focusing on how to help the people who are underprivileged and need help. That's definitely a very Marvel thing of like, all right, we're just going out West Coast. Like, all right, we need something different. West Coast. Yeah. Just like the Avengers. West Coast Avengers. Or sometimes Texas, too, because that's where Scarlet Spider went. Yeah. We need right. to get some up north stuff going on. Northern exposure. All right, Jared. Notice they never come to Ohio. <laughs> but the movies do. The movies A lot of the movies are set in Cleveland. Well, they're not set in Cleveland. They are oh. filmed in Cleveland. They they take place still in New York. But it's like, <laughs> eh, what looks like New York but is cheaper? Cleveland. Okay. Either Cleveland or Canada. All right, Jared, who's the, who's the final one on your okay, list? Okay, um, I bet everyone can guess Brian K. Vaughn. 
Big surprise on that one. Yep, big surprise on that one. Where's the clap? So I'm going to start out by saying he is a 14-time Eisner Award winner. Many, many nominations. Um, he's done Pride of Baghdad. He worked on The Runaways. Uh, he wrote Ex Machina and Saga. And the one on my list that always stood out to me was Why the Last Man. Um, if his name's on it, I will pick it up. He's also done many other books like Paper Girls and stuff like that. And just everything's top notch with him. So Why the Last Man is the story about a virus that hits Earth and kills off all male species except for the one boy and his monkey and tells the story about how women have inherited the earth and how they're going to save humanity and it's going to be a tv show on fx soon yes -ish, maybe eventually yep. <laughs> so when we decided to do uh, comic writers he was the top of my list and i can't not mention him in this category so that's Brian part of why Brian I didn't on. pick him because I was like, one of these guys got. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't I, go I, too <laughs> into many things with him because we've talked about Saga ad nauseum. Yeah, <laughs> and Why the Last Man, and just we've talked about Brian Cave on, and probably what ninety percent of our podcasts it's mentioned at least once, in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> yeah, usually. So, yeah. and your list reminded me when we had the book club going. Two of those books you said were in book club. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, yes, I'll cut that short uh, right there, and just he's at the top of the list. All right. And I will go with my final pick. Um, he wrote, so spoilers, it's a he, Something is Killing the Children, Department of Truth, Wind. You figure out who it is yet? I forget. I believe I do. Who, who is it? I'm going to wait till you say it. Because I don't want to sound like a fool. Please. Well, I also told you earlier before recording who my third was going to be. <laughs> so sound even uh, more foolish but, if he doesn't know. Uh, he is the writer of Joker War, which is finally, if you hear this, it's it's collected in trade, guys. It's hardcover. It's a thing that is James Tinian IV. Oh. He, for me, is a recent breakout star. He came out of nowhere. Like, we started, since we started the podcast, like, oh, wind, that was so good. That name, where is it? Seems familiar. Oh, he's been writing Batman. Oh, something is killing the children. I love that one. Cool. Same guy. Uh, Laura liked Department of Truth. Same guy. Like he is just the last couple of years just exploded in quality and quantity of books that he has written. <laughs> but this one in particular, Batman Joker War, it is the best Joker story of the last of the millennium. I'd say at this point. I mean, since two thousand. This has been the best Joker book. It is hard to beat this. Um, where it is Joker being his full-on Jokery goodness or, or or Jokery badness, however you want to look at it. Where he, for all intents and purposes, he wins the battle against who is who can win between Batman and Joker. It's the Joker. Yeah, the Joker beat him. He he and beat him. He didn't. stole all of his money. He became he had his own suit of Joker Batman sort of this um the family was in a disarray and he won like now just because you won doesn't mean you stay winning <laughs> right batman came back and got his fortune ba batman, some of his fortune back batman's always gonna be batman yeah he's not a billionaire anymore but he's a millionaire so he and, lost quite a bit and his partner is now a, is a billionaire also yeah, so, so he bounced back for the most part but this is what effectively bankrupted bruce wayne and for all intents and purposes, it re it reunited the Bat family also. Yes. Um, now, this particular trade only has, let's see, it has, collects issues 95 through 100 of Batman. So it does not have the tie-ins like with Joker, or not Joker, with Nightwing and Batgirl, um, which were phenomenal also. Yeah, and they had, was it one shots that sh showed up in like Detective? Or I maybe two, so. two yeah. parts issues? So this isn't the full war. This is just the core Batman, the core story of it, which again, it works well on its own. Yeah. Um, the tie-ins add to it, but the core story is, it's where it's at. Absolutely. So, and this is definitely orchestrated by him, James Tinian. And I cannot say enough good things about him of what he's done the last, like I said, the last, I'm going to say five years even, just the, everything he's done. It's really good stuff. And he has been killing it. Yeah. And I'm excited to see more. I mean, 
let's see what he the continue the Batman stuff we guys right now with Ghostmaker has been very good. Yep. I didn't like the character at first, but he won me over. Like it's yeah, a good story. He did. I felt the same way. Ghostmaker I thought was just silly and stupid. It was derivative of Batman. Exactly. And then the the way the story progressed and you're like, oh wow, this is this could be a character to watch. Right. So well, I still don't like the costume of Ghostmaker. No. But it but, is. I mean, it seems like a mixture of Deadpool and Moon Knight. Yeah, and I've se- but I've seen worse costumes. So have I. So, but yeah, this thing has been so good. Definitely worth checking out. He also did uh, Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's true. Yes. So I don't know if he did the sequels. I, I think he I did, think he did, but I'm not positive. I on think that. he did. I think, and he was doing the adult ones, not the kid ones, right? Because there was the animated style versus the comic book style, right? I believe he was doing the one that was written in the comic book style, so yes. more adult themed. Yeah, because uh, like yeah, there's Batman and Ninja Turtle or Ninja Turtles Batman. Like one of them was the kid version. Right, you would be able to tell by the art as soon as you saw the cover. I don't know which one's which, but oh well. Check out James Tinney and his work specifically this time the batman joker war hardcover that's finally collected all in one book i'm hoping to get an oversized of everything eventually who knows what dc what they'll do but this is good enough for now it wets your whistle for the moment yep speaking of i want to take a drink of water well laura what is your final person on your list on my list i came to zeb wells uh i picked him because i looked up carnage usa and I'm really a sucker for any Carnage stories. I He f- strikes me as a, a villain that's kind of unstoppable because he has no moral compass. Like, he'll just kill ruthlessly. So it's always fascinating to me to see how the heroes try to stop him. Because pretty much you just have to kill him. And apparently they have a number of times. Um, Repeatedly, yeah. yeah. If anyone... I don't know if you could still order. Do you remember the King in Black handbook? Is that I think it's still I think it's still on the shelf, actually. Okay. I would recommend if you want to see the phrase, and he was resurrected, or and he died, but came back. Like, if you want to see phrases like that over and over and over, get that book and read the section on Carnage. <laughs> and yeah, it is a good um, recap of everything that's going on with King in Black. Like, that's kind of turned into my sub-theme of these writers right now too is they all had something to do with venom venom 2099 carnage and the king and black stuff comes from that too yeah so zeb wells he also wrote venom dark origin amazing spider-man presents anti-venom new ways to live avenging spider-man which i always meant to go back to but i did not get to carnage family feud oh and one that stuck out to me spider-man election day where it's a story about Spider-Man meeting Barack Obama. So this is a little dated. I don't know if you could even still get a copy. Ours is actually still in the shrink wrap. I got a kick out of that. I was like, oh, I'll flip through it quick. No, I won't. I'm not going to open it. It's still sealed. But I always got a kick out of it, too, that Barack Obama said that Spider-Man was his favorite superhero. So it's a cool side note. And other than the comics that he's written... I think that he's mainly almost exclusively Marvel right now for Zeb Wells. He also was an actor slash writer for Robot Chicken. That was an interesting side note. All right. So that is our list for some of our favorite writers. Um, I have to do one honorable mention that I think will speak for all of us. I don't have anything particular for him, but Stanley. Yeah. Spider-Man. But I'm just saying, like, there's no one particular (laughs) story that is, like, the best of his. It's just Stanley in general, like... Yeah. If you look at Stan Lee, you're thinking, yeah, Marvel. Yeah. I mean, just superheroes in general. Yeah. Because even the general public don't know the difference between Marvel and DC. Oh, he's he's the famous comic book guy. Yeah. So That's true. And the king of cameos. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. So we are going to move on to some of the comic books that came out this week. The week of Wednesday, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day of 2021. Uh, happy one year anniversary of COVID also. Yay. So with that, we're going to try things a little differently this week. Um, instead of doing honorable mentions and picks of the week, we're just going to talk about the books that came out this week and what stood out to us. And we must, we may still say this is our pick of the week, but we're just going to do a little brief thing of some of the big books that came out that stood out to us this week. So um, I'll go first with one that came out, that came out this week that stood out to me. Um, that would be X-Force number 18, 
this one focuses on Kid Omega, where he's been dating one of the Cuckoo or Cuckoo sisters, and there is like an evil version of him running amok, and he's trying to figure out what's going on. And it's definitely a unique story where Kid Omega is being unlike himself, where he's not being a jerk; he's actually being a decent guy. So, yeah, that's X Force number eighteen. What else is on our list for books that came out this week? Laura, go ahead. Okay. Um, I heard a rumor that you wanted to talk about Spider-Man Red and Blue. Um, the What stuck out to me in you this mean story. mean Superman Red and Blue? Yeah, I guess that is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Spider-Man. Spider-Man would be even better. I mean. I wish that these stories were Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> if there was a Spider-Man Red and Blue, then I really missed what happened this week. There is Spider-Man Blue that I almost talked about, but I decided that I didn't like it well enough to... That might be our artist next week, then. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so anyway, Superman, red and blue. Yeah, that guy. That guy with the red cape. Um, this comic was actually a set of like five, four or five stories. Uh, it's an anthology series, um, which means they just have a bunch of miniseries that are standoff of one-shots alone. Yeah, I want to say four or five. Okay. I want to say five. Two of them really stuck out to me, and that was why... I was going to make it my pick of the week, but then everybody wanted to talk about it. So I I don't know. I'm sorry if I steal your spotlight. Um, the Boy Who Saved Superman was the first one that stuck out to me. Let's see, and of course, I my handwriting's so bad it's hard for me to read it. Abdi El Khan. Okay, I think that's right. He's carrying Superman back into a fight. And I was like, this kid, is, he looks like he weighs maybe 75 pounds, and he's trying to drag Superman back up to get him back in the sunlight to revive him and, like, save the day. And the kid just keeps saying, I've already lost my home once. I need you, Superman. You need to save my home so I don't have to move again. Like, I need you. And he just keeps focusing on getting Batman up, like, 15 flights of stairs. I do keep saying the same thing, don't I? You said Batman that time. Oh, Batman? Some guy. He's trying to get one of these heroes. He's got a this, this is so rare for us to talk about Superman. That's the problem. Yeah, I just don't know what I'm doing. And then uh, another little story in this one. Um, it was called Human Colors. And hopefully it's not too much of a spoiler that at the beginning, it's in the first two panels, an imp has stolen all the colors and memory of colors in our dimension. And that was just fascinating to me. It's a black and white at first. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, to focus on the fact that there are no colors. And the the imp gets caught by Superman, and he's like, you better give those back. And the imp's like, yeah, I guess. You do put a lot of emphasis on colors, and the way he like describes the colors and the world without color, and Superman starts thinking about, the imp kind of gives him a warning that colors matter, and they, which sounds bad, but like they, they can invoke so much emotion, and it was really... An interesting thought that Superman was given these colors back and he debated. He's like, do I want to unleash this Pandora's box? Like, should I let these colors back out? And he talks to Batman, for real Batman, and Lois about it and, like, makes his decision. I thought that was really cool. Um, And this one was my pick of the week also, where they wrote a Superman or, yeah, they as in multiple people because of multiple stories, wrote Superman stories that I actually cared about. Because it's mostly not about Superman. It's about Clark Kent and the people around him and the people around Superman and how they're affected and how everything's dealt with. Um, The first story was what really got my attention was Clark Kent was going on the job of like, hey, I'm going to interview this guy. Uh, He was like an ex-warlord and he's a big capitalist now. I want to see what's going on with him. But the catch was like when he was the warlord still he imprisoned Superman and tortured him for like six months. So he had to restrain himself to like, it showed one like mental image of him exacting his revenge. Like he vision blasting through the warlord's chest. Like, no, no got us. I'm a professional. I'm Clark Kent. I have to do my job, even though this guy is the scum of the earth, but it was really cool to see him struggle with like actual human things. Um, and then, the other one was the one that Laura mentioned earlier with with Abdi, where I liked the one line. He's like, no, I'm an immigrant. I'm an alien also. We're both aliens now. Yeah. It's a different kind of alien. It's an immigrant alien versus an alien from another planet. But that's the other reason why like, he mustered the strength to carry Superman up to the roof. Like, no, 
we're the same kind of people. Like we need to look out for each other. And he sacrifices his hand to save Superman. And it, he ends up growing up to becoming a successful person and with like a cybernetic hand and, and Superman's like, Hey, nice grip you got there. He's like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. I think the kid says you too. <laughs> right. And yeah, there's some other stories in here that like one where Clark was a kid where he, where he learned how to not be a jerk and like, Oh, even people can, regular people can be heroes and help other people out. And it was just really solid book. And this book is why I can see why people are fans of Superman because it's not Superman. It's Clark Kent and the personality behind him. I still don't like Superman the hero because it's, in my opinion, boring. But this way is very humanizing of the character. And like, no, this is the Boy Scout, the Captain America style, like the good, all around good person that that is Superman and what he represents. Yep. You don't give a crap about him fighting a giant monster. Right. You give him interactions with real people and things like that. That's a good formula for Superman. Right. You know? So... If DC is listening at all, please do more stories of him being a person and that trope instead of just him beating up villains. Yep. And I will read that. I may have mentioned it before, but something that always struck me about Superman was in Kill Bill 2, where Bill says, Superman's different from all the other heroes because he is always Superman. When he puts on a disguise, his disguise is Clark Kent. That's his alter ego. So... It is almost like you're asking for the superhero book of Clark Kent because that's his alter ego. That's when he's pretending. <laughs> well, and for me, it's a larger discussion of the difference between Marvel and DC. DC is always usually about the superhero and the capes and the tights and all that. And Marvel is usually about the person that's inside that. Right. And they tell a story about Peter Parker, who is Spider-Man. Right. DC the, will tell you a Batman story. Right. The title is The Amazing Spider-Man, but it's about Peter Parker. Right. Um. So that, that's, and I get that's different things for different people. I get that you can't always, and I still like this occasional superhero story, but there is more fleshing out of the story. If you actually show the, the drama of the person that is doing the, why are they being a hero? You know, or what is the consequences of them being a hero? Right. You can relate to it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one of the, my favorite comics of all time is a story about Superman who is uh, dealing with somebody trying to commit suicide. It's one of the best comics ever, but it was a very, very grounded and serious comic with Superman. It wasn't, you know, it's a one issue story too. Exactly. It's not, it's not a five, you know, story right. epic or anything. It's like, yeah, no, it's I'm fighting this giant robot. No, it was dealing with something real, something right. serious. And they make, if they make Superman a little bit more grounded like that, they can have like the best comic series of all time. There we go. Uh, what else is on our list for books that came out this week? All right. Um, I'm going to say Nightwing, because I mentioned it earlier, number 78, written by, by Tom Taylor. The infamous. So, yes. Uh, but uh, this is kind of launching DC's new Infinite Frontier so series. Post, post rebirth ish, yeah. finally. And post. Um, Future State. Future State, thank you. I was thinking Future's End, but I'm like, no, that was a story from a couple years ago. Yeah, this seems <laughs> to be the first, like, we are actually officially done with Rebirth at this point. Yes, but it's still continuing on for the most part with Rebirth because it still is falling out from Joker War and things like that. But it's this is a great jumping on point. Um, it starts out with uh, kind of a flashback with Dick Grayson meeting Barbara Gordon for the first time and getting into a fight. <laughs> so <laughs> Not with Barbara, though. No, not with Barbara. He was protecting Barbara, with well, her, which not really protecting, but he was, was jump there. She was getting bullied, and he jumped in to fight. Because it was the other kid that was actually getting beat up, wasn't it? A or, different kid that wait. was getting... Or was it her getting beat up? Did I miss that? Uh, I miss. I think I missed that. Oh, actually, I she, was, yeah, she yeah. went in to protect the some yeah. kid some, getting beat up. Some and random then kid. Yeah. Dick Grayson showed up to help too. And then so. she's like, "Like, oh, when you're on her side, it's still like three against two. She's yeah. Like, well, I'll tell my dad, who was right behind me, is police yeah. police officer Gordon. Yes. But uh, yeah, uh, he gives Dick Grayson a ride home. Who Alfred greets you know dick coming in and instantly dick grayson starts uh helping alfred with the dishes so it was very you know that's alfred's job but dick grayson's still gonna help because he's dick grayson he's always gonna help somebody well and he was raised and all right if there's something to be done you do it you don't hire someone else to do it and he's exactly. like no well we like we all ate so here i'll wash you dry like he's something right. 
Right, but uh, it kind of jumps to the, back to the present where just some jerks who Nightwing should have beaten the holy crap out of were chasing and trying to torture a dog and trying to kill a dog. And Dick Grayson comes in and stops them. He's like, you know, normally I have a witty response, but you guys aren't worth this. Yeah. Yep. So he does kind of kick the crap out of him a little bit, but the, he lets him scurry off and running. And he saves the dog. Yeah. Takes so it to the vet after it bites him. Yeah, after it bites him. <laughs> and he kind of adopts the dog, possibly. Yeah, I love how so excited Grayson, Barbara was, too. Yes. She's Barbara like, was waiting puppy. in his apartment when he's bringing the dog back and... She's like, you've got a fur baby now. She's like, let's be honest. The moment cross that threshold, it's yours. Yeah, But uh, she, <laughs> she was there because she was delivering uh, Alfred's last will and testament to Dick Grayson. And it was a very touching letter it's, that Alfred wrote him. I mean, anything with dead Alfred is going to be super emotional. Yeah. I mean, and they definitely mm-hmm. teed it up with the beginning of like, oh, his, again, hammering home the relationship that Alfred and uh, Dick had and everything. And just, they set that up like, oh, 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 Alfred. Oh, Alfred. Yeah. Yeah. So it was very touching. But they've also introduced a, if you've read any of the old Nightwing stuff, um, they're bringing back a character called Blockbuster. And the history of this character is he was basically the crime lord of Bloodhaven and he ran the city. So Nightwing would go up against him. He had police on his payroll. Every higher up in the government was on his payroll. And uh, basically, uh, Nightwing got to the point where he was just done with him. And I can't remember who. I think it may have been Tarantula actually shot and killed um, Blockbuster. And Nightwing let it happen, and that kind of spiraled Nightwing in the old series. So they're kind of reintroducing that character, even though, you know, he was dead in the old series, but this is, you know, post-New 52 and post-Rebirth, so they're reintroducing him, and I'm really looking forward to this because he was a really good Nightwing villain. And one thing that, slight spoiler territory, is you learn how wealthy Alfred is. Yes. Like, and they made a good point. It was like, well, he... He was the legal guardian of Bruce when his parents died. That's going to be a pretty well-paying gig. Yeah. Yep. But uh, another point, um, this is kind of bringing Dick Grayson's past back into the series, and I like the way they're doing it. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to give any other spoilers from that, but... But it's good to see Barbara around Dick Grayson. I mean, in any capacity also. like She's like, oh, I'm... Which I think she is she officially done playing as Batgirl now? Well, I think she's going back to Oracle because I think they're I think doing they something with the Birds of Prey. Because they mentioned, or she's like, "Oh, I'm taking a break from as Oracle, but here's this also." Like, yeah. So I don't know if she's going to be officially be done playing as, or running around as Batgirl. I think Cassandra Kane's coming back in the costume, isn't she? I is think that, so because she was all called Orphan while. Barbara Gordon came back as Batgirl. Well, in um, the previous Batgirl series ended, we thought that's where it was going to lead to, is someone else taking right. over. But she didn't officially say, I'm done playing as Batgirl. Right. So, so. Who knows? Yeah, we don't know. We'll have to find out. Another question I had. How long has Alfred been dead again? Um, that has been, because that was the war with Bane, when Bane yes. took over Gotham. And I think in the last Batman issue, they were talking about these past three years of Gotham have seen Joker war, Bane war. So maybe two to three years in comic book time. In comic book time, I don't think it's been that long. I think it's been shorter comic book time. But in, in our world time, it has definitely been like three years, I believe, three or four years. Because yeah. that's what pulled me out a little bit was I thought, why hasn't he gotten this letter from Alfred sooner? Why did it take so long well, to get his estate Well, that was he was Rick Grayson right. after he, he shot memory. in the head. So it wasn't, you know wasn't truly him or however you want to say that. Right. Did Barbara hold on to it then? She's like, you're not really Dick. I can't give you this. I mean, sort like, of. Because he yeah, basically, when much. he was when he was Rick, he's like, no, I don't want any part of you guys at all. That's not who I am. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know that. I don't want to get tied into that because I'm happy with what I'm doing now. Guys, yeah. Barry's back. And like, all right, well, now that you've fully embraced being Dick Grayson again, by yeah. the way, here you go. Because I think he would have appreciated the letter from Alfred when he was Rick versus now. He'll, he definitely appreciates it now. Yeah. I just wonder, though, from a legal standpoint, if it was okay for her to keep that well, from she's him. she's the executive of the will, and basically that means she can do whatever she wants, within, I mean, unless someone challenges it. But if yeah, I guess Dick's if not challenging it, then okay. no. that's 
then she has the right to. Okay. Yeah. And she could have just been saying, well, I couldn't find Dick Grayson. She may have found Rick Grayson, but right. yeah. she couldn't find Dick Grayson to get it to him until now. And he refused it, too. Like, yeah. I mean, he refused all oh, Dick Grayson yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. Okay. He basically said, no, I'm not Dick Grayson. Yep. Leave me out of your drama. That's not who I am. Right. So okay. One that thing, makes more sense. I don't know what they're going to do, but do you remember right before they did the uh, Future State stuff, uh, the Nightwing comic, he just got his memories back and he was dating that bartender yeah yes and basically she kind of became a target and i don't remember how they left that off but it seemed like she was gonna he, he play it yeah he dumped her but and i think she was was she still a target after no. that okay that was kind of the end because of that. yeah he dumped okay. her and then that basically future state happened right after that right and so sorry guys spoiler alert uh <laughs> we talked about this issue when they dumped like oh it was like a major thing like we want we danced around it a lot where he decided the heroic thing to do was to break up with her because he knew that she's con- he's, she's always going to be a threat. Even though he still loved her and still remembered everything, he said, no, I don't remember that. That's not who I am. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Which is such a superhero thing to do. Uh, he sacrificed himself for her to need, save her. We need to get some selfish superheroes. Of course, we do have <laughs> Iron Man. So. We, do, we have Iron Man. I guess that's Man. enough right there. So Yeah. Anyway, other books that came out this week that stood out to us. Lord, do you want to go or do you want me to go again? make you go again uh radiant black issue number two came out uh we talked about the first one we actually had the writer on our uh, weekly sale show on wednesdays um where it's very it's a very similar style to power rangers but less cheesy where this down on his luck writer finds this weird superhero suit gets superhero powers and it kind of ends with that and this picks up where it's like the next day after where he's still trying to figure out what's going on with that. There's some cops showed up because they followed him because, hey, two drunk guys were pretty easy to follow <laughs> via security cameras and everything. They found out who he was. They're like, well, do you have, Do you know what's going on with this other guy that's the uh, same kind of suit, but it's red instead of his blue? Um, that's a Robin Banks. So he's like, what, wait, there's an, there's someone else? He's like, oh, maybe I should ask him like, figure out what's going on. But he ambushed the guy after he robbed a bank and it, the guy thought, oh, you're trying to get on my turf. We're gonna, we need to fight. He's like, oh, my bad. That was a wrong approach to make a first introduction. So they fight. They do stuff. Uh, without giving away too much stuff, it's good. <laughs> um, he's still trying to figure out his powers. What's going on with his suit? Where it came from? What's going on? And he got a real job, and his dad is approving of that. I was going to say, on a more grounded note, his dad was starting out giving him some guff, being like, you live under my roof, but you still need to pay some bills. And or, you need to have he, a job. It's like, you know, he's like, live here as long as you want, but you at least have to have a job. Like, you can't just be, oh, I'm a, quote, writer waiting for a, quote, gig. No, you have to need, you need to do a real job. Even if it's not paying all the bills, just make it look like you're being an adult. Yeah, I admit that gave me a little bit of a struggle because I've heard of it before where it can be worth it to invest some of your time to find a good job. Like, just doing a job at all can kind of waste your time and exhaust your soul and make it tougher to get a good job that you really want. Although I admit he he had run out of his luck. Like he and, he was pushing it. And he was in lots of debt too. Yeah. So So yeah, that is Radiant Black. Anything else stand out to you guys for this week? Spider Man. <laughs> Not a whole lot of surprise on that one. Yeah. Go ahead and talk about it. Okay. The the number one thing that popped out was that this is amazing Spider-Man King and Black tie-in. It's been almost 50 issues of King and Black before they finally put it in Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> and it's a one-shot. Yeah, that confused me too. I was like, did they relaunch the title? Like what? I no, guess this it is, is just a one-shot. This is but... the Amazing Spider-Man King and Black number one is the official title of this of the issue. Yeah, that, that kind of upsets me in different ways because it <laughs> it should be taking place in the Spider-Man universe. Like, the Spider-Man storyline, I feel like, should stop and interpret this. Like, Honestly, any and all main series should stop and acknowledge this because it is a, a parasitic symbiote that is encompassing the entire Earth. Yeah, people are talking about there are no stars. Why is <laughs> it just... See tie-ins like oh well here's fantastic four of this but we still have the fantastic four series going like why not i mean i get the whole event fatigue and people are tired of like it crossing over and everything but at a certain point like if this is the main continuity then why is everything not in the main series not addressing it but other than the fact that they're doing it because people that don't care about it they can still read their main story continue on 
and because people may not care about King of Black, and why not? And number ones always sell more than issue 52 or whatever. So that's why. Yeah, it is a shame, though, because, like, Daredevil was able to weave it into his story. Like, it... Sword. The new Sword yeah. X-Men book that's taking place during King oh. of Black. Like... Yeah, that came out this week, too. It's their main series, but because they're a smaller number series, it was my best guess. I don't know. It's it's weird that how they pick and choose what main stories are tied in versus what ones have their own little one-offs. Or It's weird. But I also felt like this story scared me a little bit because it kind of reminded me of Alpha back in the day where Spider-Man took this new character under his wing and was like, oh, I'm going to help train you to become a real superhero and like get you off the ground. And where's Alpha now? Like, uh, gone. And it was kind of a whole teaser for Reptile number one. Reptile. Reptile, sorry. Is his name. When you get to the very last page, it's like, next, on sale in May, April. I think. No, that's May. No, Sorry. May 26th. I couldn't, I couldn't tell from here. Sorry. The red is hard to read. Yeah, but yeah, Reptile this... has his own series. That's how I'm like, oh, he'll, he'll be fine because he has his own series coming up soon. Yeah. And it's Reptile from Avengers Academy from, oh, shoot, probably seven years ago now. Oh, okay. I feel less bad that I didn't remember then. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> been a while. It's one of my favorite series, actually, um, where it was like a bunch of young Avengers that, they, that Hank Pym's like, hey, we need to rescue you guys. But not telling them the reason why we're rescuing you is because there's you have powers and you're on the path right now to be major supervillains. We need to turn you into a hero before you turn into supervillains. Yeah. Of course, they didn't tell them that initially. So once they found out, then they got all angry and angsty. But it is what it is. Sounds like Runaways. Yeah. <laughs> you're not so, kidding. There was really 50-some tie-ins to that. Yeah, yeah that, I, I went none. up and counted what's in that, our box. That's a lot. <laughs> I counted 43 and I was like, I'm probably missing a couple too. Yeah, so, but I, I will it. say there's it's spread out through the last three, two or three months, really. Yeah, but it's spread out through the Marvel Universe. Like mm-hmm. there's Sword, Spider-Woman, Namor, Deadpool, Black Daredevil, Knight. Savage Avengers. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really spread out. Fantastic Four, Miles Morales, King and Black Return of the Valkyries. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there's so been a ton of stuff. Yeah. No Captain America. Yeah, I, I don't see oh, a you're... Captain America tie-in. I think That's... there was at least one, because I okay. really like that one. I was um, going to say, I'm just quickly um, scrolling through that to see, see yeah, what there was. That one was cool, because Captain America was actually overcome by the symbiotes, and the one issue I read, I think it was just a Captain America one-shot, but I forget the title for sure. It's upstairs, I know that. Um, but he... Because he kind of got brainwashed by the symbiote, he was really messed up that next issue. And he was just trying to get his head back in the game. And everyone, um, I think it was Falcon and I forget who else they were working with, but they kept like kind of turning to him for leadership. And he's like, I am just barely getting by and you guys want me to tell you what to do. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it was a really good Captain America issue, actually. Just that one. So anyway, Amazing but, Spider-Man, yeah. King of Black number one, featuring Reptile. Mm-hmm. And shoot, there was something else in here that I wanted to mention. I can't remember. So it they starts a... with oh. Reptile rescuing this random citizen of New York. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I'm just trying to get her across town so you can get home. And Spider-Man's like, all right, well, I can help you, I guess. And I guess what oh, else do you want to talk you're, about? You're trying to yes. push me off on Yes, here. I don't want to talk about everything. <laughs> oh, come on. Chaos That's... ensues. Yeah. Yeah, I guess at the risk of sounding like I didn't actually like this issue, that was another thing that kind of irritated me. Like, I can understand the the lower-level superheroes saying, oh, there's only so much I can do, so I'm just going to help in these little ways, and Rep- Reptile agrees to help this elderly woman back to Stanton Island. And Spider-Man's like, yeah, I can help you too. And it's like, Spider-Man, you're kind of up there on the tiers. Maybe I expect more out of Spider-Man, but I don't understand why he thinks... Oh, I can only do so much. You're freaking Spider-Man. You should be with the Avengers. You should be... And actually, in some of the storylines, he is, like, with Franklin Richards. Wait, that's wrong. Reed Richards. Franklin's probably there, too, somewhere. But Reed Richards, like, working on the tech, trying to figure out, like, big super weapons to fight these symbiotes. But in this issue, he's like, no, I'm just gonna... I'm going to help another low-grade hero get this one thing done. And, I mean, it turns into more... 
which is good, and I, I did like that part of the story, and it's a one-shot, and it's self-contained. But I wish once they finally put Spider-Man in King and Black, they had done more. <laughs> See, for me, I like it because it is definitely more of a friendly neighborhood feel. It, it is sure. the down-to-earth, not the fighting a big cosmic entity. It's like, no, I'm doing what I can to help people because I can. And yeah. I think it's a good philosophy towards life like you may not yeah. be able to solve all the world's problems but if you can help in anything then that's still that much more good you put out in the world and that's what kind of what reptile taught peter like hey don't get all depressed or whatever because we can't if you can't solve that but if you can solve other things then why aren't you doing that yeah that makes me think of two points maybe instead of this being the amazing spider-man tie-in it should have been friendly neighborhood spider-man tie-in yeah. because they do have that title somewhere too and one of the quotes that it makes me think of too was can't see the evil space forest for the cosmic monster goo trees. Yeah. What Spider-Man got out of this whole battle. <laughs> I like how Repti Reptil was like, man, everything's covered with this black snot stuff. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every, in a lot of these King and Blacks, they're calling it like symbiote snot. And I'm like, that's a really gross way to bring up the symbiotes. I guess I mean, they it's kind of accurate too. So. Most people are more afraid of them than just snot. I guess... I don't as, know. As I don't, of COVID, I don't snot on me. Yeah, as of COVID, I think people have become a lot more afraid of snot. I, I, <laughs> I still wouldn't want snot anyway. That's another reason to not have kids. Like, nope, I don't want poo. I don't want urine. <laughs> I don't want snot. No, thank you. It's snot for me. <laughs> I get it. That's the pun for the night. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else for this week that stood out? Or should we go on to the section that Jared always forgets? And that oh, is the hero of the week. Dang it. <laughs> I forgot a little bit, too. <laughs> all right so we'll move on to the hero section that everybody forgets the hero of the week um and i think i'll go first to buy you both a little bit of time not a whole lot of time but just a little bit um and i'm going to say uh superman uh red and blue is my hero of the week it's i know it's a book but hey it's an anthology book that it made me enjoy the series this storyline involving superman of his restraint and his uh, charisma that makes people look up to him, I guess. I don't know what the correct word is I'm looking for, but yeah, th the reason why people look up to him and everything. And yeah, I was like, okay, I can appreciate Superman from this aspect, from the street level, citizen level of a person. I can understand why they like him. Um, so yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Superman is my hero of the week. This might be the last week ever I pick Superman, but we'll <laughs> see. Let's, I'm, I hope I'm wrong and they do more stories like this. Hopefully we have a lot more weeks of stories, so that's what could bring it back around. Potentially. We'll see what competes with that as more issues come out and we go from there. So I wanted to pick, I think as my hero, let's see, what is the name of this pixie? I swear they gave him one. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Some some regrets. It's a weird name. Sorry, I'm I'm just not sure if this is actually the character's name. Mixelpitalik could be the imp, the the imp in the Superman story hmm. that stole all the colors and was inspiring the idea that Jared, everyone... you know DC names. We'll leave uh, the page. Well, how about we head over to you? You read it. See if that's if you know how to pronounce mm -hmm. its name. Mixelpitalik. Is it or is it Mixelpitalik or something like that? Even or Mixel. I don't, I don't is know. that the imp or is that someone who the imp spoke to? Yep. Mixel Pitalik said you were more fun than this. I'm out of here. Okay. okay. So that so is that's, not... that's a different character. This is yes. this imp has a different name. Yep, that's a different okay. character. But But that I'm sounds exactly like something Mixel Pitalik would do. Or okay. Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> so that okay. are you peeing the imp or the that, person that told him to do that? The imp because he took all the colors and inspired that story that Superman okay. thought about the colors and like warned Superman all these people are so obsessed with colors like this will make a big difference in the world so Mixelpitalik's like, imp is sure. your hero of the week yeah <laughs> kind of like Frankenstein's monster he doesn't have a name so fun fact that annoys me <laughs> uh, whenever people say oh it's Frankenstein no Frankenstein was the doctor that created the monster the monster's name is Frankenstein's monster so, fun fact. Thanks, Alex. Not a problem. All right, Jared, <laughs> did we buy you enough time for your Hero of the Week? Yes. All um, right, Jared, who is your Hero of the Week? Okay, I'm going to pick two. Uh, my mom Ooh. and dad. Ooh, today, your parents. Yes. Today is their 38th 
anniversary. Yay! Ooh, nice. So I think it's their 38th. <laughs> I'm trying to think if that's right. Do they listen to the podcast? We'll they will now. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get a phone call tomorrow. I can't believe you don't know. I'm pretty sure it's that's right. Because I'm 35. I'm going to be 36. My brother's about to be 37. And they were married one year before that, which would be 38. So there we go. So We're going to say 38-ish yeah, anniversary. There we go. So, all right. So, with that, uh, hopefully, you guys liked our new way of describing the books of the week. We tried out something new. Uh, we went a little longer than normal because of that, I think. So, but that's okay. Sorry, I flubbed. Uh, that's okay. I only have to do a little bit of editing, so it'll be fine. You have to edit every time I called Superman, Batman, or nope. Spider Man. Nope, I'm oh, leaving no. those in. That stays that's in. Stay, that's too much work <laughs> for that one. So, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for sharing. And yeah, we will, with, unless we get washed away in the flood, we should be here again next week. We'll take our snorkels. We'll get out to you. Don't worry. All right. So thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for subscribing. And we will see you next time.